smack it. Hello and welcome to Ear Seduction. I'm your host, Paul Schilling. This is Season 1, Episode 5. In this episode, I test my ability as a journalist, where I go down to the Science March uh, held in downtown Denver and sort of take notes on what I see and report back to our listeners and to the Minnesota Misanthrope as to what is what a Science March is all about and, and how we can exercise our freedoms here in the United States in order to enact change or raise awareness. Both M and I are cynics when it comes to this type of change, but I think as the episode progresses, uh, some of our cynicism fades away to a recognition of how lucky we are here in the United States uh, to some degree. And do remember, please, that this is all before, you know, the second half of Trump's first term. So this was still when we were all caught up in the whirlwind of, of news, where every day Trump was doing something horrible and un-American and unconstitutional, but there was just no end to how terrible it could get. My views on politics have changed drastically just in the last couple of months. It's now January 11th, 2021. And if you've been following the news, um, you know, we just had a group of right-wing fundamentalist Christian QAnon conspiracy theorist whack jobs dress up in their best military gear and arm themselves and storm the Capitol. So there's a lot that's changed since this episode was first recorded back in 2017. However, some things haven't changed. But anyway, it's interesting to hear kind of where we're at at this time and place. And then it's also, if you're interested in what it's like to go to a march, or if you want to go to a march or some sort of public demonstration, this might help you decide whether or not you want to go. So let's listen in. And thank you so much for listening to Ear Seduction. And now, ladies and gentlemen, welcome my co-host, Mr. Monocane himself, Minnesota's own, the Midwest misanthrope. Yeah, and the march was uh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, Very okay. interesting. Do we have the, uh, do we know, has Earth Day always been around or, or was this something that we created as species in the 80s? Uh, I can't remember the first year that they designated today as Earth Day, but the 80s sounds appropriate, or the late 70s, maybe. Okay. So they, they did have, like, a, it wasn't like a marathon where it's, like, uh, the 31st Earth Day celebration. There wasn't, like, signs around Earth Day recognized. Oh, yeah, there was a lot of people with signs and stuff, but it was also, this was a science march, so it was all, like, People talking about, you know, what do we want? Science. When do we want it? Now. The oh. best sign. The best sign is, what do we want? Science. Science-based policy. When do we want it? After peer review. <laughs> it was. It was pretty funny. <laughs> and I saw. 
I saw a kid holding the sign that he 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 was like four or two or three or something. He was really little, and he had colored the sign himself, and it was just a bunch of scribbles with crayons. <laughs> it's <was> really funny. <laughs> it was like blue and green and and uh, you know brown and whatever, and it was just scribbled all over the place. It was really funny. Yeah, very cool, man. Uh, what was the um? What was the location? It was at the Capitol. Oh, right on. Yeah, so we were. Yeah, we were. Uh, we marched on the Capitol. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, there was like I don't know six or seven representatives that gave speeches. I left halfway through the speeches because I was like, all right, gotta go podcast. Right, right. You have my vote. Mm-hmm. See you later. Um, was there was there a specific agenda uh, that they were trying to um, like amend or change, or was it just basically like uh, just. Uh, uh, awareness. Yeah, it was it was mostly just awareness. It was just about you know the people that think that science and science based thinking and science based policy and 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 that we need to you know stick to the facts and that our opinions don't really matter. What matters is the evidence. And and they were you know they came out. I don't know. There were probably ten thousand people there or close to that. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, it was fun. It was it was weird. I've never been to a march before, so I was like, okay. And it wasn't as rowdy as I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be very, very rowdy. But okay. There, there wasn't really a, that much passion. It was it was you know it was a lot of signs like geeks need jobs too, and and yeah, I don't. It was it was sort of bizarre. It was it, it was like there was no central message. There were no like chants that people were singing. There were no. There were small there were small outbreaks of stuff like that, but there wasn't really a ton of of uh, passion behind it. It wasn't like the it wasn't like footage of you know civil rights marches and stuff like that. It was just yeah, it was kind of quiet. I, it, it it reminded me of that saying. I think it's from the Bible that the meek shall inherit the earth. Okay, and it's like yeah, after all the religious people kill each other, that's what's going to be left over is the quiet, thoughtful people that. Collect evidence and make their decisions based on actual reasons. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that was that was kind of surreal. It was like, hmm, okay. Yeah, very cool. I, I know up here in Minnesota, the Black Lives Matter movement, they've implemented uh, le- uh, you know legal consequences when it comes to uh, I, I guess uh, marches that are not organized because they were. Yeah. They're popping up everywhere, and it was stopping traffic and stuff. And now, uh, recently, they basically put it into law where it's like, if this happens, we will arrest you. And basically, organize it so you're not being assholes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you can have it wherever you want once it's organized, but you, you can't you can't shut down traffic. Yeah. Uh, did Did Minneapolis or St. Paul have a a march for science today? Oh, I don't know. Oh, okay. Because there were like forty cities plus the plus Washington D.C. I guess D.C. was was they expect to have like forty thousand people. Yeah, very cool. I mean, um, is there a counter? Is there a march for Christianity? March for Muslim? Uh, uh, no, there wasn't. There wasn't. Uh, there wasn't a dissenting voice or a counter march or any kind of like I didn't see any picketers or anything like that that were anti-science I think part of the reason is because that's I mean first of all this 
the science community is such a small minority that I don't think that most people consider it any kind of threat. Right. Right. Plus, not only that, they're not like science is the underlying foundation for all of it. You know, I mean, even if you're religious and you're a science denier, you still have a cell phone. You know, you still live in a house that meets uh, code set by the state. That code is all based on engineering, which is all based on science. I mean, to march against science is kind of a it's almost ridiculous. It's like, OK, well, what you know, what would you prefer? You want to go back to the desert? <laughs> You know, you want to go, you want to go back to ancient society when everything sucked? Like, come on, that's, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's, uh, it, it, you know, we, we, we have Nicolet. So, of course, uh, on Nicolet, you always got, uh, one or two people with a bullhorn are just ranting at the top of their voice about you know, how everybody's going to hell. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, it, it, it'd be interesting to pick that person up. You know, be like, you got to do work today, son. <laughs> yeah. But it didn't work. There you go. <clears throat> <laughs> Let him loose and have him uh, be at that display and see what would happen. I, I, I don't, I mean, me personally, I, I just, I don't understand uh, the purpose of, uh, you know, marching or whatever to implement change. Mm-hmm. I really, you know, but like something like that where, what you attended, which it was like just like a gathering, uh, kind of like a, you know, look how many people are actually, you know, feel very passionate about this. I think that's that's really cool. I think that that's really nice. I, you know, up here in, in Minnesota and St. Paul, they have a uh, uh, on the hill week where basically they schedule out times for different parties to to march. You know, much like an outlook schedule. And they, and, you know, they just rotate through, if, if that makes any sense. So there'll be like five, five causes throughout the day. And and at the end of it, I personally, I can't help but look at that and be like, what a fucking waste of time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like how, how much more lost in the shuffle can you possibly fucking get? You know what I mean? Where it's like... Everybody do this now, and it's like, well, we, you know, you got five more minutes until we get to take over, so hurry up, you know. Yeah. It's like, all right, you guys are done, move along. It's like, okay, and then, you know, it's like, we do, da, da, da. And it's just kind of like, at the end of the day, politicians inside the house are definitely already made their fucking minds up, you know. Uh, They've already decided which way they're going to roll. And, of course, their interest is heightened when it's election year, you know what I mean? Yet it happens annually and, and um yeah, it's very it's very strange strange concept. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have that in Colorado. Uh I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. But um what what a what a cool way to have like a nice spring day and to just be able to go to that location, just you know, see how many people are also, you know, kind of in the same frame of mind as you are. That's that's really cool. I was just gonna say you bring up a good point that um it it does feel kind of pointless. Um, when you're out there, I was, I, that's what struck me kind of the most was that was my first March. It was the first time I've ever done anything like that. And I, I thought to myself, um, like, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad that there's this many people here. I'm glad that people care about this. Um, but really who's paying attention, you know, who's watching and is it enough to actually make people pay attention? If you, if you look at like demonstrations around the world, they, you know, for instance, you take 
you know, after the Danish cartoons were published or whatever, and you had Muslims all over the world killing people and demonstrating and burning flags and rioting and all this stuff, like that gets people's attention. And, and that gets people, you know, talking and, and it turns people's heads. Right. But with a small group of people that aren't really saying very much, they're not really doing that much. It's a peaceful demonstration. It's like, what's kind of what's the point, but also, I mean, I know what the point is, but nobody cares, right? Nobody's watching. And it's like, okay, so what's the, what's the medium for enacting change? Because there really is a medium for enacting change. I mean, yeah, you vote for change or you, you know, you elect people that will, support your view or, you know, that's the way that, that our country works is the people that represent us are the people that we voted in. And so seemingly that's, that's what the country thinks. And if you want to change how the country thinks, then you have to do that. But what, how do you do that? How do you raise those people up? How do you get that voice out there? Right. Right. And, you know, it's like, what's the new way? Yeah. I think I, I, I've always, uh, do you think it has something, I mean, in order to implement change, uh, uh, I mean, personally, maybe I'm maybe I'm in the just tell me what your thoughts are. But doesn't it kind of seem like you have to have some leverage in some way? Uh, and votes are great, but at the same time, if you're if you're even if you show up in, with like a, a mass number of people, mm-hmm. uh, you're, you're you're still dealing with basically the the center of decision making, which is you know the capital and the people that are elected are, are clearly able to look out the window and be like, yeah, there's a lot of people. But we also are well aware of the fact, even if you counted how many people are out there, we already know how many people are out there on the opposed side. So we're not going to really be able to do much with this. Does that make sense? So if, 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 when you're coming down, teaching in public schools, let's take, for example, as a topic, mm-hmm. evolution and the influence of science and everything like that, then, um and you put that into creationalism, you know, in, in certain states or whatever. Clearly, the majority of the state is more is leading more towards creationalism, or else, you know, uh, it, it would already, evolution would already be in place in the school system. Does that make sense? So, like the environment, the, the dominant population in that environment uh, would rather believe teach that than actually implement fact within the education system. Yeah, I mean, I I understand what you're saying. I think maybe maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll run astray a little bit, but I think first off, the thing that struck me is that your position is a little bit more cynical than I am. Like, I I certainly think that it's that there is some pointlessness to all of this because you're dealing with people that don't care about what the truth is. They don't care about what reality is. They don't care about whether or not what they believe or what they want to prescribe to their children or, you know, to the society as a whole is actually true. So you are dealing with people that are basically nearly impossible to talk to. But at the same time, it's like, I'm not, I'm not that cynical that I would say that if enough people showed up, if enough of the electorate demanded, you know, fact-based policy or fact-based education that we wouldn't be able to get it. And in, in, as a matter of fact, public school right now does teach evolution. They don't teach creationism. Right. They can't, they can't teach creationism because that is, uh, it, it's white noise. It doesn't, which creation myth should we teach? Should we teach the Christian, the Muslim, the Hindu, the Sikh, Jain, yeah. you know, Buddhist, like, 
there's so many to choose from and none of them have any bearing on what's actually, there's no facts to back any of it up. So there's actually nothing to teach. And to teach creationism would just have to be to teach kids about all different religions and all different creation myths. Um, but there are, there are people that, for instance, have, you know, private schools that are run by, let's say, the Catholic Church or that are run by, you know, a Lutheran church or whatever. And they teach, they have a faith, a statement of faith and they teach creation and it's it's people's prerogative if they want to send their children there um and they pay for it it's not public right. um i mean it it is in our school system right now it's making sure that the standard stays high and that we update the information to be current and that it remains in the school system that's the most important thing i think well said man well, I don't know if that touches on all the things that you said or not. I I don't know yeah. if that's a satisfactory response. I, I no, definitely. It's uh yeah. It's um yeah. It's not uh it's it's uh it's a it, you know there's value to it. There's there's value to it with that sense of of because clearly if some if somebody if you don't at least I think have the uh ability to uh you know cre- create a you know a display you know have a demonstration uh there could be uh a possible opportunistic person who's going well this might be the time to go ahead and kind of start throwing out these ideas of maybe we should throw creationism into public schools you know what I mean? Because nobody's really saying anything, and then there's just a lot of time and energy wasted on that topic. You know, it's kind of like uh, being proactive with the approach of having gatherings at Capitol. Yeah, you know, just a heads up, there are still a lot of people who are uh, just fine with making a lot of uh, decisions within the governmental system on straight-up science, you know. Uh, well, the the value in, in such demonstrations as the one that you attended, you know? Yeah. Well, the, the, I think, I think there's a, a, the thing that protects us from creation in schools and just re- religiosity in schools is freedom of speech. Right. So it, it all comes down to freedom of speech in the first amendment and having a separation of church and state. So the state can't finance any suggestions towards what you should believe as it re- as in regards to faith you know so anything that isn't demonstrably true or doesn't have evidential reason behind it can't be state legislated because it falls under the realm of religion it it falls under the realm of superstition and myth and it's 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 that separation of church and state that's what keeps public schools from having creation taught in it gotcha okay you know what i'm saying like it's yeah. not that we it's not that we marched on, you know, Denver Capitol and it, it it it's it's not that we did that that we're that's not the reason why it's not being taught in school. Why creation yeah. isn't being taught in school. The yeah, reason no. why creation can't be taught in school is because we have a separation. Okay. Yeah. I I it was uh it was off the cuff thought. Oh no, no, I'm just saying I it's your perspective. That's a that's a valid perspective. I'm just saying I think there's a deeper underlying sort of hum- basic human rights element to this. And really, to me, this the demonstration today was a demonstration of free speech. Yeah, it, it was it was recognizing our rights as as citizens and and marching for free speech, but also the the science behind what is taught and and all of that is is a product of that separation of church and state. You know. Yeah. And it's uh, it, it's it's one of those things where uh, the reality is, is a lot of countries don't get to even do that. 
we're the only country in the world that has a secular constitution. It's, it's the only country that's ever formalized and codified basic human rights into its constitution and in doing, and, and made sure to separate church and state so that we would, we would have protection from each other, essentially. So, I mean, pretty fucking awesome. What do you think about it? Oh, I think it's the greatest thing on the planet. I think it's, it's, yeah. I think our ability for free speech is right now under assault by, you know, Berkeley and other universities and, and the alt left, you know, regressive leftists and stuff like that. But, but it's codified in our documents. And I think there's an argument to be made that if you don't believe in this document, then you're not really an American and you should probably go somewhere else. I mean, that's a pretty hard stance to take, but it's, I still think that that is, that's worth saying. That's an opinion that I think is, is worth saying. If you don't believe in this constitution, if you don't believe in these rights, if you don't think human beings should have these rights, then you shouldn't live here. You should go live somewhere where you don't have that right. Yeah. And, it, and it's, and it's very bare bones. It's, uh, it's, Broken down to basically in, uh, its smallest level. And yeah. It's things where it, you know, to be able to be like, yeah, it, it, it's the same thing that every other country has going on. Uh, it's, you know, these are, this, like you're saying, this is the code in which this country, you know, this mechanism ticks. I'm in agreement with it. There are other countries where you can go to. And this is how this system works. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and there's something very comforting about it. Also being able to just recognize that, like, you don't need to have a Confederate flag, uh, wear flannel, shoot your guns in order to believe in this. And right. Not, but, uh, I guess commit to it. Uh, you know what I mean? To have people be like, I'm a country. I don't need to, uh, listen to country music, uh, in order to still be able to appreciate the fact that at its bare minimum, this is how this thing ticks. And, and the fact that globally, it's the minority point of view. It very much so, yes. And, uh, and I, another, another aspect before we, before we change topics. Um, yeah. Another aspect of this that I, I've, I've been thinking a lot about lately is without free speech, we really don't have another option other than violence. So by, by, yeah. pr- by practice, our, our, our ability to speak freely and our exercise of free speech allows us an outlet where we can express how we feel and we can call for change or we can, we can, you know, slam somebody. You can, you can be a racist. You can be a sexist. You can call, you can, you know, call somebody a faggot. You can do whatever you want. You can speak freely. And by doing so and by being as harsh and as critical and as, you know, as offensive as possible, you you now spent your load, and there's no need to go fight somebody. You know, it, you you place a ceiling on that, saying, "Look, you can you can be as offensive and as outspoken as you want." And those words are just that; they're just words. Without those words, though, just imagine where 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 that emotion takes you. It goes underground. It it wells up inside a small community until it lashes out into violence. Yeah. And and that's what we see in other countries. We see all these violent things happening and it's because they don't have a soapbox to go out and scream how much they hate whoever. Right. You know what I mean? And hate speech is speech and it should it's it's much better than violence. No doubt. It's 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 that uh you know, it it's like uh it 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 pushes the whole evolution thing. You know what I mean? Like, uh, the the fact that 
You, know, you look back in the 60s, 50s and 60s when it came to discrimination of race, um, and then you just realize where it is now, where, you know what I mean, where, where the, there's, there's media footage of all these people, you know, walk, you know, being like, oh, you know, blackie, blah, 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 how dare you want to, you know, come into our public schools. And I'm, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a social advocate by any means. And, and that's just a historical fact. And, and when you look at where we are now with this gathering, you look at the pushback, you know what I mean? Where it's just like, I can't believe there's still KKK people around. Yeah. Uh, how, how small, you know, how much power has been lost. I mean, there's still corruption where it exists, but just the fact that uh, people have this awareness now, where before it was like, well, you go with the tide, and now right. it's more along the lines where it's like, I can't, this is almost like bad comedy. Like, holy shit, let's go check out the KKK guys and watch them just get destroyed in public while they do their stupid demonstrations. You know what I mean? It's like, and then the, the best thing about it is, especially in the Midwest, uh, where there is going to be a gap day, it, it never it never happens because there's not enough people to be able to. In fact, there's such a population of people that are waiting for this gathering to pop up and then have the counterpoint of view at the protest. And it, you know, it, it hasn't been that long. It hasn't been that long of a period of time to which this you know progression has happened. And clearly, in other countries, that's not the case. Uh, you know what I mean, where it comes down to the, the persecution of somebody's sexuality, uh, preference, you know, the, the persecution over race, religion, all sorts of type of things. It just, it, it, it clearly, it could just come down to, ah, you know, hey, did you see what happened to all the, uh, the gays down the area where they beat the shit out of the gays? Like, yeah, what do you do? You know, it's like, well, you know, over here, it's like fucking, uh, it, you do something like that, you're basically, there's an instant pushback. There's a consequence. There's a consequence to act that way. Yeah, you go to jail. You go to jail. You know, something happens. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, very cool. I, I haven't had an opportunity to have a talk like this with down to, you know, appreciating, uh, appreciating the opportunities that we have here in the country without it getting cheese dick. Uh, yeah. Like the America and all this other type of shit. So, yeah. Yeah, it's not about nationalism. It's about rights. It's about codifying our rights and, and then knowing what the rights are and then expressing and, and claiming that right, you know? Using and Yeah, using that right, claiming it as my right. This is my right, you know? It's, it's like my right to be left alone. If I want to be left alone, my right to privacy, that's all in the Constitution. I have that right. I have a right to be left alone. I have a right to close myself up in my house and just do my own thing. I even have a right to be left alone in public. Yeah. It, those are, that's a really important right, too, to be able to disengage and just be yourself and just be able to be yourself without having, you know, without being ridiculed or bothered. America. <laughs> America. <laughs> you say it. No, I don't want to say it. <laughs> you say it. No, I can't say it. Come on, ladies, you say it. Put up, up. Yay! <laughs> America! Put up, up. Now you go. <laughs> <laughs>